It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking at some sell-high players, players who I believe are outperforming their uh, season-long rest-of-season projections. Therefore, you might be able to get some extra value off them by trading them at the moment. This is not an exhaustive list, of course, by any means. So any other guys that you think might be sell-highs, feel free to drop them in the comments or tweet them at me as well. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. it. Let's get to it indeed. The first guy on this list is the Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. Mitchell has been really, really good lately. Really good. In fact, over the last two weeks, he's been the eighth-ranked player in fantasy, averaging almost 30 points per game with four triples. Why is he not likely to do this? Well, he's the 38th-ranked player over the course of the season. He's doing it with a usage of 35%. And I just believe that when Mike Conley, if Mike Conley actually gets those numbers back up or gets his minutes back up, that will cut into Mitchell. Now, even if Conley doesn't, maintaining that high of a usage on this level of efficiency is going to be pretty tough to do. He's got a true shooting of 61%. He's hitting 93% of his free throws. He's on 48% from the field, which includes 54% on twos, and he's never been known as a hyper-efficient shooter. If you can get it, I believe that Mitchell can be a top 20, maybe top 12 guy at some point in the future, not this season, in a couple of years in the future, but that's going to come down to him getting to six assists and getting to six or seven free throw attempts per game. And he's at neither of those at the moment. So when we get a 10 percentage point drop in his free throw percentage, two to three to five percent drop in his field goal percentage, uh, you will see him tumble from being a top 10 guy back to in the 30s or 40s or maybe even 50s. He does go back and forward. So if you want to look at a trade, I think this is the right time to to do it for Don Mitchell because he is outperforming the expectations we have. The next guy I have on this list is Bradley Beal, who is also playing pretty well at the moment. The 12th ranked guy over the last two weeks, averaging 32 points on 54% shooting, including 61% from two-point land. He's been struggling with his percentages all season. I worry about his leg, and there is I just have no way of being able to feel confident in thinking he will continue to shoot at 54%. The defensive stats aren't there for Beal. He's been wildly back and forth all year. He's 23rd overall on the course of the season. He can be better than 
what he has been this season, but I don't think also he is this good. And this is sort of the area that he was dropped. Well, not that I don't think he's this good, because this is sort of where we thought he might be projected-wise at the beginning of the season. It's the minutes now that have started to come back down to 32, 33, although he did play 38 last game. The worry with the leg, with the uh, the stress reaction that he had and, and the pain in that leg earlier on this season, all those things are worries for me. So while maybe he does maintain top 50, top 16 type pr- production, um, I'm not sure that I'd want to take that risk on him given the injury history and given the fact that at the moment he is shooting the lights out. This one's a pretty obvious one, but Nemanja Bielica is putting up strong numbers. The 27th ranked player over the last two weeks, playing 35 minutes, averaging 15, 8, and 4 assists, shooting 55%, hasn't missed a free throw, 44% on his threes. Numerous things there. It is pretty obvious. Now, he is 66 over the course of the season because basically he's played all year without Bagley and then without Holmes and now without Holmes and Bagley. We've seen those guys together for about four games, not even maybe three games, and that would reduce Bielitsa's overall playing time. Now, he still probably could be a 12-team league guy. He won't be this level of a 12-team league guy. We don't know when Bagley's coming back. Holmes shouldn't be too far away. And then he's going to have an impact on what Bielitz can do, as well as the natural variation in shooting percentages, which is going to cause some of this stuff to tumble down for him. I think if you get a top 50 guy back, it's a it's a win for you in a deal for Bielitz. You might lose out short term, but I think you end up gaining in the long term, which is the overall idea with these deals. Chris Middleton, fresh off the back of a 51-point performance, Middleton has vaulted to the number fifth, the number fifth, the number five ranked player in fantasy over the last two weeks, averaging 26 points on 61% shooting. Now he's been an elite shooter all season. He is not a 60% three-point shooter nor a 61% overall field goal guy. He's 39th over the course of the season. He is not a guy I'd consider a first or second round player. Really, really fueled at the moment by this elite level shooting. And he is an elite shooter, but nobody, literally nobody, is this elite of a shooter. So there is going to be a drop-off from mids. Um, again, you're never getting top five value backs, so don't even worry about that. But again, a good way to try and confuse people is throwing multiplayer deals in, and that's when you can extract a little bit more value. But getting a top 25 guy back for Middleton is absolutely something I would be interested in. And it's all good. It's not going to happen for everyone. These deals aren't going to happen, but people get swayed by immediately all the time. So he scored 51. He's on a roll, and it's not just that last game. Now's the time to strike with Chris Middleton if you are looking to sell high. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Dennis Schroeder, another guy whose shooting is out of control at the moment. He's the 35th ranked player over the last two weeks, 86 over the course of the season. He is playing some extra minutes. We had that one game where Chris Paul was out, but he's shooting 50 and 86 from the field and from the line, knocking in 50% of his threes, a true shooting of 64%. And he has upped his efficiency this season, but this is a guy that does go in hot and cold swings. And when the cold swing comes, it's going to push him outside the top 150. That is just what his game is like. 22, 4, and 6, really strong numbers. No defensive numbers. 
good threes, but all that stuff is pretty dependent on the shooting numbers from Schroeder, and when they fall off, they will fall off pretty hard, and then you'll be left with a guy who is still going to be valuable, but not this valuable. So time to try and see what you can get, especially if you are, if your co-manager or your your opposing manager is someone who buys into the shutdowns, the trade talks of Chris Paul. If they buy into that stuff, hey, Schroeder's going to be the starting point guard. Look what he can do. Then you can get that value back. The next guy we take a look at is the Padawan, Colin Sexton. And I've been pretty harsh on Sexton. Some of it's jokes and some of it's for real. But he has been really good over the last two weeks. 24 points per game. But most importantly, four rebounds and four assists. And that doesn't seem like a lot. For a, but for a bloke who's like two rebounds, two assists type of a player, it's a big, big difference. He's at 0.9 steals, which is also really good. But the most impressive thing with what he's done and his number one fantasy category, 96% free throw shooting on almost four attempts and 48% from the field and 46% from three. Really good stuff from Sexton. This doesn't take away from the fact that over the course of the year, in 32 minutes, he's the 113th ranked player. Has he turned it around? Maybe. Am I convinced? No. Because I just don't know if we can believe in that level of free throw shooting, that level of field goal percentage, and that level of assists which and rebounds, which sounds weird because they're low, but this is Colin Sexton who has never shown an ability to put those numbers up. So if you are looking to you know, make hay to sell off a guy averaging 24 points per game and he's been really good, now's the time to do it. Because when he goes back to having 19-1-1 on 38% and 85 from the line, still really good, not 96, that is a big deal. And that big 96% there is a huge influencer. As I said, it's his number one fantasy category, and it influences his points scored as well. So there's, it's a double influencer. That drops back to normal levels, which again, might be still really elite. It does impact his overall value. Next up is Chris Dunn of the Chicago Bulls. Dunn is playing phenomenally at the moment. The 49th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 95th on the season, and he still should be a must-roster guy who's under-rostered in all leagues. But he's averaging almost two and a half steals. You pair that with 51% shooting for a bloke who can't shoot, still can't hit threes, but 67% on twos. I think getting him back to around that top 100 mark is is a good uh, estimation. I don't know if Otto Porter's returning, but if he is, it's going to have a, some sort of an impact on Dunn, you'd think, from 31 minutes down to 27 minutes would be my guess. And that takes a lot more value. Plus, if those steals de- decrease from Dunn, then he is done. And that's you know, when his value, when you look at Z scores for him, steals over the last two weeks are 3.79, and his next highest one is assists at 0.62. That is a very big difference. If steals came down to anywhere near average, he'd be nowhere near the top 150, like nowhere near it. And that is the concern with him. It's very much a one-category wonder. Glenn Robinson the third, the little dog. Playing well, 55th ranked player over the last two weeks. Probably should be rostered, but if you've rostered him, see what you can get in a deal. He's averaging 16 points. He's shooting 62%, two and a half threes per game. He's not really getting defensive stats. He's hitting 53% of his threes, 70% of his twos. It can't continue. He can be a 40% three-point shooter, but that level of shooting can't continue. He's been inconsistent this season. The minutes have been consistent. The production's been up and down. He's the 132nd ranked player over the course of the year, so really a fringe 12-team league player. And for now, if you could get a top 100 consistent guy back, I absolutely would be looking to do that for the little dog, Glenn Robinson. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Jeremy Grant, a guy that gets people really excited. Uh, he is putting up some strong numbers. 61st ranked player over the last two weeks. 
33 minutes, 17 points, 6 boards, 2 threes, 1.3 steals, 1 block, a triple 1 guy, 49 from the field, 76 from the line, all great, but there's been no Paul Millsap and there's been no Mason Plumley. That has enabled Grant, who is still not a top 200 player over the course of the season, to see those minutes rise. And over the course of the season, he's still playing 25 minutes a night. And he's still shooting 47% from the field and 71% from the free throw line. So not crazy differences from what he's doing over these last two weeks, but he's playing an additional seven minutes now. And when Millsap comes back, and we don't know when that'll be, Plumlee's still a few weeks away. I just don't see, and he might start over Millsap. I think that's a distinct possibility. But I also, what I think isn't a possibility is for him to start, play 33 minutes and Millsap to play 15. I don't think that's what the Nuggets are going to be doing. He'll go back to a 25, 26-minute role at mad most. He's a guy that people were super hyped about. But last season in 33 minutes for the Thunder, he was just just the top 100 guy, the 99th ranked player, which is it's good still. But it still took 33 minutes to get there. And again, trying to get him to 33 minutes to me on this team is really tough when those guys come back. You write him out. You have the value there with him at the moment. But when those guys come back, your window is going to close pretty quickly. So it's all about how how long are they out for? Can you watch sort a of deal? Can you execute? Because if you can't execute a good deal, just write it out. And then if you need to drop him, you drop him. But if you can get a guy back who's a top 70 option, a top 60 option, I'd absolutely be doing that. Because again, we're talking about pushing that into the fantasy playoffs. And I'm not sure Grant can produce at that point. That'll do it for me today, guys. I'll be back later on recapping all of the action from Wednesday's games and previewing Thursdays. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Five-star ratings only, of course. Give a review as well over on Apple Podcasts. We are done here, guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.